listening to the Toxic Confidence Podcast. You guys, I have a very special guest with me here today. I have Polly. Polly, you may recognize him from either Big Brother, The Challenge, or X on the Beach. Also, he like played sports and stuff. And uh, I guess I'll give a little background of how Polly and I met first before we get into um, everything like that. So Lauren Coogan, who is also on... She was on F-Boy Island, I think, first, and then the challenge. Okay. So Lauren was one of my swim line models, and she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to sponsor an event that she was going to. Um, and Polly just happened to be hosting the event. And I went and I sponsored this event and I went there and I also was a model for part of the event too. And after the event, I told Polly, I was like, hey, whoever you had in charge doing whatever the fuck that just was, um, <laughs> did a bad job and here's exactly why. And now um, yeah. we work together. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, fair points. Oh, oh. Oh, action. Okay, sorry, Kilo rudely interrupted us, but... How rude, Kilo. Now you're here with your bone. See how long this lasts. So that happened. Yes, that happened. Yes, that happened. Um, It was a lovely event. Um, All things considered, however, we always are in the pursuit of perfection. Um, So we always need to make things better. So I believe you got uh, Miss Abella Danger in your swimwear line yeah and that was pretty amazing and she actually reposted you which is pretty dope um but yeah after the event kendra was like hey who was actually in charge of the event and i was like this individual and she said okay do you mind if i critique and i said please by all means because you know i'm always open for like great ideas and she just like went down the list and i was like i've been sensing these things and feeling these things as well but i needed somebody oh did it go yeah, I don't know why, but that's okay. <clears throat> um, but I needed somebody to actually say it um, because everybody else in the company were like, yes, individuals. So they only told me things are great and what I wanted to hear and all these things. And that's not the kind of person that I am because I come from athletics and you need to be brutally honest in athletics. Otherwise, the team loses. Yeah. Also, like in business in general, if you're not brutally honest, like with yourself and where you want to project your business, it's not going to freaking go anywhere. Facts. And I think that like as a culture nowadays, we almost are afraid of confrontation. We're afraid of just telling it like it is and being blunt. Like I don't have that problem at all. And clearly you do not also have that problem. Um, But uh, when starting your own business, it's very scary in this world now because there's so many people that are people pleasers. They won't tell you the God's honest truth. They'll almost like talk about it in small circles. But when it comes to like talking to the boss, they'll be like, no, everything's great, boss. And then like go right back to doing it. And then the boss is sitting there being like, why is the company like falling apart? And why is the culture falling apart? Um, and most of them don't ever catch it. No. Um, and, and then that's why most businesses fail. That's true. So we've been now expanding the business from like that uh, event space and really projecting and helping girls 
build as much revenue and partnerships as we can. Can you explain a little bit more to everyone what exactly we do with the 10 management? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point we could call it the 10 management and productions um, because the production side of the company has really taken off as well. We did that boxing event in Montana. It sold out 500 people. Um, We have our carnival event down in Brazil, um, which is a festival event, EDM style. Um, We've got names like Diplo on that list of DJs that are going to be there. It's already sold over 5,000 tickets. Um, And we have goals to kind of take that to another level of like producing our own shows, producing our own movies, um, putting our own tours on, so to speak, um, for these artists who are usually underpaid when they go on tour. Um, But from the management standpoint, what we've done is we've created this safe space uh, for these girls to express their creativity, um, express themselves sexually um, without having to actually do that stuff, right? Like they don't have to be having sex. They don't have to be doing these things. And we've really like changed the landscape of these subscription-based platforms where the you sign with an agency and they're like, you have to be doing this. Otherwise you're not going to make money. And we just kind of put our minds together collectively to be like, well, there's so many other ways to make money. What, how, what forces people to buy into somebody? And it's the emotional connection. It's the psychological connection. It's the personality. It's who you are. So I feel like we've really bridged the gap uh, with our clients in that realm um, from a social media standpoint to be able to create a marketing funnel into their subscription-based platforms. And then all of our talent consultants um, who work with the talent uh, closely are trained in all these sales strategies, marketing strategies, um, the psychology of men, essentially, for the most part. Um, And it's been a great run so far, I would say. And we're at like this amazing point where we're scaling like almost exponentially month after month. Yeah. It's really cool. Do you think that the space that you were in with reality TV has helped you to navigate other spaces, I guess, in in terms of like Instagram, how to get over social media bullying, bullying and all of that kind of stuff, too. And also the fear of posting. Lots of people have like the fear of posting or their boyfriend, their, their boyfriends um, don't want them to post that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, where um, do we kind of go with that? So. I think that everything that people do in life leads them to a certain point. Um, So coming from athletics, always having to deal with the opposing team, always cheering for your downfall, right? And then your home team cheers for you to win. Um, Same thing with reality TV. You have people who watch who aren't going to like you. And then you have people that watch who are going to like you. Um, And where a lot of people have a disconnect is they focus on the negative as opposed to the positive. So they... Feed those voices, which then almost like multiply those voices. And then they like minimize the voices that are showing love. And uh, I think what reality TV prepared me for, if anything, was um, managing a bunch a bunch of personalities, um, <clears throat> being able to be compassionate when I need to be compassionate, being able to be uh, like a firm, strong leader when I need to be a firm, strong leader, um, but also being that person who allows them to just go Mm -hmm. and be like, you should never be afraid to post. You should never be afraid to express yourself. And who cares what people on the internet say? Because at the end of the day, if they're not paying your bills, 
you really should never focus on them. And that's what reality TV taught me. And that's how I was ever since I went on TV, which makes me slightly different than other people who do reality TV where, you know, always talking about haters, this haters, that like, oh, people are so negative. And I see it all the time and it's very sad. Um, And I'm trying to change that landscape by also giving other people in the reality TV community confidence to stand their ground on who they are and not, and not be afraid. So that's the only thing that I feel as though reality TV taught me on how to prepare our talent is to kind of have them feel confident. Yeah. Right. And not have them feed into the haters. Yeah. I love that. And I also love the fact that I feel like you don't fall into like the scripted bullshit that's often portrayed on um, reality TV. If, if you're watching this and you're listening to this and you don't know, all of reality TV is scripted, is it not? Or they script how they want you to be portrayed. So it's it's a tricky thing, and I have to be careful how I answer this so that I don't uh, get myself in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not scripted, so it's not like you know shows like the uh, Kardashians, so to speak, where it's they have like their story that they want. But there's no script to it. So it's almost like ad-libbing and it's almost like going that route. Um, You know, as far as like shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, um, once again, not scripted. However, people can be led a certain way in order to feel a certain type of way on the show in order to get authentic reactions, right? And those are the jobs of like the field producers is to create these storylines without the talent knowing that storylines are being created. So that way they're able to capture these authentic moments. Um, so any of the shows I've done are unscripted is how they're categorized. Um, and the producers aren't hands-on when it comes to how the shows are happening. It's mainly up to the cast to just be real and authentic, right? The producers can only kind of cast you and like kind of have a, have a board of like, all right, all these personalities are in the same house. If these things happen, because of personalities, then this would be amazing TV, right? But it's out of their hands once you enter uh, the space. Now, where I feel like reality TV has had a disconnect recently is the cast members aren't being authentic. Mm -hmm. So the cast members are going in with these predetermined storylines, like these things with other castmates being like, hey, we're going to work together. We're going to fight. We're going to, you know, fake a hookup, fake a breakup, fake all these things. Um, and the viewers are actually voicing how inauthentic it 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 is, right? Yeah. And now the producers are in, a, are in a position where you know once you film the show and it's and it and it goes to the editing room and then is going on to the televisions or the streaming services, it really is out of their control, right? And they can only work with what they got. Um, so it's almost like people now look at reality TV as a way to become famous, yeah. and. If you're inauthentic on these shows, like you have no staying power. Yeah, because I find a lot of people that I've seen be on reality TV and then they have to keep their PR up with all this fake bullshit and this fake narrative that they've created for themselves. And I feel like that just creates a very toxic way of living. Yeah, well, you know, and this is something that like I never really bought into, but like like reality people are obsessed with being loved. Mm-hmm. by the people who watch reality TV. And I've never had that obsession of being loved. I just want to be authentically myself. And whether you see sides of me that absolutely disgust you um, or sides of me that you absolutely love about me, 
you're seeing me authentically. And if you see me over a time period, you're watching either my growth, um, you know, or in my, in the past, you, you know, watched me start out a certain way. You've watched me crash. You've watched me come up a little bit. You've watched me crash again. Um, you know, and now whatever somebody may see of me, if I ever do go back to reality TV is, is the version of me now and the version that I have become in this time that I've been off and building this business, which, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to do it now. Not saying that I'm grateful for like COVID, but like if COVID never happened, I would have never been forced to just really put the pedal to the metal and be like, we're going full speed ahead. And I'm going to chase all the dreams that I was putting off because I was consistently going on shows every yeah. three months. Yeah. Um, so it almost forced me to slow down, set up that later part of life because, you know, reality TV has a shelf life the same way athletics does. And nobody ever plans for the shelf life. Um, you know, so I'm almost planning for the shelf life and then hoping that I continue to get the opportunity to go and, you know, be authentically myself and compete and do all these things. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, how your take on cyberbullying and have you ever had to deal with cyberbullying? I obviously know that you have. Yep. Trolls have been in my DMs, my husband's DMs, every girl that we sign just to get a rile out of who knows what. Yeah, I, you know, cyberbullying is a thing that is is relatively new. I would say like 20, 2014 and like moving forward is when it really started to become prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who did reality TV and people who were um, public figures, the only trolling that they ever got were from like journalists. But the court of, you know, the, what is it? The, the public opinion court was always kind of like, you never really knew where things stood. Like an article will come out and then people either like read the article or they didn't read the article. Like that's the only way that you knew like whether people were engaged in that. Now somebody can create 20 accounts a day and you think that you're getting hate from like so many people when realistically it's just one really sad person, which is why I tell everybody that is in my circle, like focus on the good, focus on the positive, focus on the things that matter, focus on, um, what makes you money? What makes you happy? Uh, because you never know. Like it could just be one person. And I've honestly, I've met so many people who come to paying events to see me who will be like, yeah, like I trolled you like last week, but like you were a good sport about it. So it's like most of them are like <laughs> undercover fans and they're just trying to get a reaction because that makes them feel alive. And my message to people who think about doing that online is like, you probably would get more being nice and throwing compliments yeah. than looking for like that one thing that's going to get a, you know, a public figure to like come at you. Um, and it's crazy, but I kind of feel like once again, that's a cultural thing. I feel more bad for the younger kids um, who maybe are in elementary school and middle school and high school where when I was in those schools, like bullying was just like, you saw the bully and either you guys fought or like you moved on. Right. Um, but now it's like one person can like create 20 accounts and start bullying somebody they don't like. And now these kids, um, the suicide rates are through the roof because these young kids, they don't know any, know how to handle that kind of stuff. Right. Um, someone like me, like I've been through life. So it's like, you know, if a troll says something to me, it's like, yeah, whatever, dude, like my life's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, your life might be not awesome, but my life's pretty awesome. Um, and that's just what I try and teach anybody like within the company and within our circle is like, dude, we're awesome. 
Like we're, we're good looking people. We're successful. We're successful. Um, and we want to do good and we want to give back and we want to do all these things. So, you know, why should we let people like throw us off of our Zen and off of our vibe? Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of that, it's actually crazy. I feel like how many women reach out to me in regards to like, even their partners being that bully to them when they want to post up online. That's just crazy to me. And like, I can never relate to something like that because, you know, me as, as a man and, you know, this goes both ways, men, women, like whether you want to date men, whether you want to date women, like doesn't matter to me. But like, if you are attracted to somebody and you want somebody, you are essentially attracted to them um, because of something about them, right? It's their aura. It's their energy. It's, you know, like if I see you dancing and like, I'm like, damn. And like, you're wearing an outfit where I'm like, damn. And then like we talk and we vibe and the energy's there only for me to turn around like a month later, six months later, a year later and be like, I don't want you wearing those clothes and I don't want you dancing. Um, and like, yeah. you know, I don't want you having fun and vibing with other people. I mean, that's more of like something that I would have to work on. And I feel like not a lot of people work on themselves so to find the insecurities that they have within themselves. So why would I ever want to change somebody? Like if I ever dated somebody and they wanted to change me, I would leave. So like I can never do that to somebody else and I'll never understand it. And we see it all the time. Like with these girls, um, they'll be making really great money. Um, and they'll get in a relationship and the person knows all like exactly what's going on. And then next thing you know, they're like, ah, well, you know what? I think I'm going to stop. And we'll be sitting there being like, you, you make more money annually than your, your partner that's trying to get you to stop doing this. So this is like definitely stemming from something within where maybe he doesn't want you to be the breadwinner of the household or it makes him feel insecure that you're desirable by other people. I just never had that. I, I'm blessed to have an amazing mother and father who are just like, jealousy is an ugly thing. Like, get rid of it. Yes. And like, I've been able to just vibe my whole life and never really have like that jealousy or insecurity because I've always been able to be like, yeah, like if my person is desirable, I'm fucking awesome. And like, I should, ex- I should expect them to get hit on or have people want them. Yes. And like, that makes me like work harder to be in better shape and be more successful and everything. So that like, I am also desirable so that my partner can be like, yo, my partner is hot and he's yeah. successful and he's confident and like people want him, mm-hmm. you know, but we're there. So, yeah. and I feel like that's something that's been so misconstrued also lately with like the high value man. It's like women think that well, lots of women, especially all these ones that are getting interviewed lately, that it's like, I just have to be good looking and I can get a man that does X, Y, Z and loves me and this, this, and this. Well, like you have to put in that same want towards that person. You can't just want them to make six figures. You have to put in your effort as well. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, you have to water the plants in the household. Otherwise they're going to die. Right. And I think so many people don't put an emphasis, like wind the clocks back, like, you know, during the times where it's like women were in the household, right? They played such an important role to the success of the household Mm -hmm. at that time because they did so much and like women do so much. And I don't think people understand that like, you know, your partner is like ultimately like what is going to make or break you. Um, You can, you, you can want a six figure man, right? But if you're at home and you're 
spending seven figures, well, your six figure man is broke, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're at home not adding value, then he's either going to mentally struggle in order to maintain that flow of making six figures or, you know, you're you, like either you're going to be lifting somebody up or dragging them down. And that goes both ways, right? Because like now we've seen a shift like there's, you know, I can't relate, but there's, you know, some stay at home dudes just hanging and the women are the breadwinner and that's totally fine and that's totally cool, right? But then you got to be doing something of value in order to make sure that she is able to perform at her highest, right? Whether that's like cleaning the house or making sure the kids are good or making sure like she's well taken care of when she comes home from work. There has to be that balance. But if there's two people that just get it and they're just flowing, it's like an untapped resource that I don't think people have even tapped into. And what people as a whole don't understand is like, it's a very small percent of people that like are those high value individuals, like men and women. It's not many people in the six figure mark, seven figure mark, eight figure mark. And then as you go on, it gets scarcer and scarcer. So it's like, who are you waiting around for? Yeah. So I actually did a quiz and it's called the women delusion quiz or something like that. (laughs) And it's like I picked. Tell me about this. I picked um, men that were like a minimum of five nine between the age. Come, th- come through short kings. Come through short kings because short kings are making a comeback, baby. It's my vibe. Um, <laughs> and you were within thirty to forty five, which is a pretty yeah. big range. It's a big range. Um, I'll be thirty five this I, year. I even said if they were married, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I don't actually believe in, but it made the stat better than the sad amount that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like six figures, I think I put 250 grand mm-hmm. and it was 0.0049% of men in the U S that actually U S and that. Canada, right? No, just U S just U S. But wow. I bet you it's the same re- uh, logistics for Canada, mm-hmm. but like, that's a big range of people and these women that are like six figures six feet xyz blah 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 it's like oh my god and also this is something that a lot of women don't understand <laughs> big dick can fuck like yeah. oh it's like yeah you're, you're going down the goddamn yeah, list like, here Ooh, there's like zero people out there yeah and also you can't wait around for the perfect person you've got to build together <clears throat> yeah to. even even brett he's like i could be with a woman where I'm completely providing for absolutely freaking everything. And he provides for almost literally everything. Right. But if I wasn't also trying to make my own money to pay for like my trips and my hair and my things to keep my business and my look going mm-hmm. and him having to do everything, it would take us way longer to get into a different space. So having the two people actually work together is an amazing thing. And whether that's just your fully emotional support and not spending that money on materialistic things, you're going to go further together. Without a doubt. And I think the emotional support that you touched on is like huge. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, cause you could always cut back on spending. Um, but the emotional support is like so huge. And if you have goals, you almost have to like sit there and like plan it out and be like, we are going to, you know, if it's just one of us working, it might take us 10 years, but if both of us are working, maybe it takes like five, Yeah. but odds are it takes less. Like, you know, you, like you've seen, how much things can grow in one year, yeah. like in just this space, but it takes a effective plan and it takes executing on that plan. Um, and that's where a lot of people get lost. And think about the example, like if you ever were to have kids and have a family, think about the example that you're setting for the children 
that are seeing one person put in all the effort and the other one not put in all the effort, right? Like that just sends a bad message, um, you know, and we're already fighting against, um, <clears throat> you know, all the things that have happened over the past like three years, right? Like COVID set a lot of people back. If you're not putting, if you're not going full out and like have a zero options mentality to win, where are you going to be in like a year or two, right? Like yeah. the people who are going all in right now are excelling and getting so many miles ahead than the person who didn't. And also they're catching up on their competitors at a much faster pace because those people took it easy and took the foot off the gas. But I agree with you. The household needs to have a good foundation and that comes from the partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, what is the direction that you want the brand to take and what is the most important part? I know you're a big advocate for getting all the fucking creeps out of Hollywood and just not having, you know, their projections put into everything around us. So yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head. I mean, we we entered the space to kind of clean up the uh, subscription-based platform field, yeah. um, which was just plagued with creeps and uh, creepy photographers, creepy videographers, like shady agencies, oh. um, just robbing girls blind, putting them in situations that are very dangerous, very uncomfortable. Um <clears throat> You know how it is with photographers and videographers. Like they say weird things. You know, some of them aren't professional. They touch when they shouldn't be touching. Um, they try and they try and leverage their positions of power. And we kind of came into this space with the goal of like, let's clean this up. Let's provide a safe space for the girls and let's create some amazing uh, content and things. Right. And then the goal is to scale that up. Um, and enter the Hollywood space and enter that field that nobody can get into, right? Like it's such a, it's all about who you know, and it's all about catching your lucky break. I truly believe that if you create products that people want and they, and they desire, um, you can enter whatever space that you want. And I think Hollywood, uh, would be next and we can clean that house, get rid of all of the rapists, get rid of all of the pedophiles, get rid of the people um, who put women in positions where, you know, we're sitting here in this room, there's a nice, lovely little, uh, what looks like a, a therapy recliner yeah. chair. Okay. Um, and you know, we're in the same room, you're trying to get a movie role and I sit here and I shut this door and I say, well, how bad do you want the movie role? Yeah. And you know, then you're, and like, I want, like, I can't even talk about that. Like I start to get like enraged oh, yeah. inside. I, I've had extremely <clears throat> bad, like photographer positions that have happened. And that's why I got into being a female photographer in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I had a high level photographer at the time in the fitness space be like, you'll never be a fitness model unless you get bigger tits and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And hugged me so inappropriately. And I felt so disgusting. <laughs> It's gross. And that's why we put an emphasis on like having a lot of female photographers and we bring them from within. Um, And, you know, the, the, the girls who work with our uh, clients, the talent consultants are all female, right? We have a men's division. So we have uh, men who run those like consultations. But to me, it's just, I never want, want to have to live in a world where that stuff is happening. Like so many people were like, oh my God, what Harvey Weinstein was uh, was doing was awful. And what Jeffrey Epstein was doing was awful. And it's like, okay, like you guys were like sad about it for like what? 
uh, like three months yeah. and then it got swept under the rug and that was it. Like those were the two fall guys and like it's not happening anymore. Like Hollywood is rid of like this from happening because Harvey Weinstein is behind bars. Like, you know, this type of stuff isn't happening because Jeffrey Epstein is dead, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like – there's people who complain about it and then there's people who actually do something about it. And like with me, I want to do something about it. And I think that we are all committed to that same goal and it takes action. It does not take, I want to change Hollywood. All right. Yeah, cool. What are you doing? You sitting on your couch? Like it takes a plan and it takes execution. And that's what we've been doing is we've just been consistently executing over and over and over again. And we know where the goal is and we're trying to get there while we're still young, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I find that you've done lots of motivational stuff and obviously, um, interviews with people. What is something that you would want to not even project to fans, but like portray to anybody listening as like either in terms of confidence or just like going towards your goal or what? Cause like your goal is like a goal that people would say is like, I'm crazy. Yeah, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Um, you know, I got a couple of things to say. First and foremost, if you can't tell, um, I'm a talker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first, I would say wherever you are right now and whatever you're feeling right now is valid and you need to live in that moment. Um, however, live in that moment briefly. Otherwise, you're going to waste your life away. So whether you're feeling sad or whether you're feeling lost or whether you're feeling stuck, live in the moment, feel that, and then move on. And if you're feeling great and you're feeling confident and you're feeling uh, powerful, feel that in that moment and then move on. Like some of the most successful people blowing my stuff up. Um, <laughs> it's my agent. Um, some of the most successful uh, athletes of all time. And Derek Jeter had like a, a quote where he would be like, no, no loss is as bad as it seems and no win is ever as good. Right. And that was mainly just something that athletes take with them being like, all right, the game's done. We're focusing on the next game. We did. We won. Let's celebrate next game. Right. We won the championship. Let's enjoy the moment next season. Right. Um, and that's the space that I live in is those things. So if something bad happens to me, I let it briefly affect me and then I move on. If something great happens to me, I let it briefly affect me and then I move on. And it is crazy to say the things that I'm saying. However, I'm a huge believer in being intentional with your words and I'm a huge believer in the universe and um, it listens. And most people, they confine themselves in this box because they're afraid to think big um, and they're afraid to ask for things that they want. Um, and then there's the other people who aren't afraid to ask for things, but then they don't put the work in to get to those things. And we call those people like daydreamers, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you daydream all day long and that's it, right? But somebody that can dream big and then put a calculated um, plan together and execute on that plan every single day, no matter what happens, no matter how sick you are, no matter what the weather is, no matter what happens with your flight being delayed, and you can just execute with zero excuses because the alternative is going back to what you were doing and going back to a life that you had. Um, you can have whatever the world offers you. And most people never unlock that. I see people all the time, they re retweet the secret and they retweet this. Well, the secret is a secret because most people, as much as they read it and as much as it's at your fingertips right now, how many people actually understand and apply it, right? 
how many people actually are in touch with the universe? Like when you see people fail that you dislike, do you applaud or do you feel sorry and empathy for them? And do you wish them well Mm -hmm. afterwards? Right. And that's where a lot of people get caught is no matter what happens and people have done a lot of messed up things to me, I wish everybody well, and I want to see them succeed because if the universe sees me basking in somebody's misery and somebody's failure, I'm actually indirectly telling the universe that I thoroughly enjoy failure. Yes. And then the universe is going to reward me with failure. And then when I'm sitting there being like, why, why am I failing? That's the reason why. Whereas if I see something, I'm like, man, that's such a shame that that's happening to them. Um, I hope that they can bounce back. Right. Um, the universe is, is hearing from me that like, I dislike that and I want the best. And then it's going to reward me with the best, right? But once again, all of that means nothing if you're not working hard. And that's where people uh, disconnect and that's where they fail. But I mean, if there's a lot of lazy people out there, I'm, I get very excited because I'm like, there's less competition. Like we can work harder and we could separate ourselves. It's, it's, it's a great time to be alive. That's true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love um, just the positivity that you have in absolutely everything that you do it's nice um thank you polly for always being such a positive a role model and even though you get played as the villain sometimes on the internet you are one of the most positive people that i know and you are trying to make a difference and make a change in this world and i absolutely applaud you and adore you for it and i'm so thankful to be in business with you (laughs) kedra don't get me all like flustered here um yeah i mean like you should never feel bad i mean everybody has their days man but like at the end of the day like you're you're young you're beautiful you're intelligent um you know and you work very hard and you're very efficient so like and that's what i want to not only say to you but i value um, our relationship and I value how hard you work and I value the things that you're able to bring to the table. And I think more, more, more people should do that. Right. Um, and if more people did that, we'd live in a, in a better world. Yeah. Right. Honestly, I've said this before and I was like, if we all just had like that tweaked up level of confidence and we all just applied ourselves just slightly more efficiently, Mm. we'd have no issues. There'd be no jealousy. There'd be no issues. Everything would move yeah. so smoothly. Well, I think that this podcast is 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 a great concept of like, you know, toxic confidence because, you know, people have demonized confidence for the past decade or so. Oh, yeah. It's been demonized. Like, you know, I said this to you the other day. I said, we have lived in a time where we have witnessed potentially like the greatest athlete of all time, right? Through our time period, right? Like we got to witness Michael Jordan. We got to witness Kobe. We got to witness Tom Brady, right? And now we got to witness Messi win the World Cup, right? And it's crazy to me that like, it's so deep. Like when the Patriots were just winning all the time, even if you were didn't weren't a Patriots fan, you had to appreciate it, but they were catching so much hate. Um, anybody who runs a su- successful business catches so much hate. And it's yeah. like, why? Why are we shaming winners? We should be applauding them and we should be aspiring to be them. Yeah, because it's only gonna make you better. Yeah, we've 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 slipped into this like victim culture where it's like, who can have the biggest sob story? And I'll tell you what, everybody's got a sob story. Everybody's gone through fucked up shit. We should not be competing about who has had it worse 
We should be competing in the sense of like who's had it bad and has still overcome that and still made something of themselves. And I think that's where we need to start applauding confidence and success, mm-hmm. right? And it and you know toxic confidence, yeah, have a little bit more toxic confidence because the only person at the end of the day who's going to believe in you is yourself, right? If everybody else said I was crazy saying I want to create this massive agency and production company that's going to compete with the big big mofos in Hollywood, everybody could call me crazy, but I am like so sure of it in my head that like nobody can tell me different. Like it is insane. And like, that's the kind of confidence you need if you want to achieve anything great, because nobody's going to be in your corner. Nobody's going to have your back. You're going to be alone until you're not. And everybody's like, oh, it's lonely at the top. No, it isn't. Mm -hmm. It is not. It's very much not lonely at the top. It is amazing. And it only gets better, right? They just try and scare people from wanting to get to the top. That is so freaking true. And I think we are going to end it right there. Um, I'm going to tag Polly in the show notes. If you ever want to reach out to him, he is honestly like one email away. And he is a great motivational person and someone just to like keep you in check also. Um, and I'm going to tag the brand as well. If anyone is interested in getting into the OF space and wants to do a consultation with any of our amazing girls, um, please feel free to reach out on our website. We are trying to create so many amazing partnerships and success for women. And just so they can thrive in a space and not feel so scared about it, you know, and objectified for doing something that they want to do. So yeah, that's I, was like, I was like, you took my mic. I was <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Polly. I'm taking my mic back. <laughs> <laughs>